Well, welcome to Dwell New Life City. Um, for those of you that don't know, I think I know, I've met everyone at least, but my name is Daniel. I'm a pastor here. And it's been a long time since I've preached. You know, we've had amazing speakers and visitors come through and um, just my vacation and everything else. Um, wow, worship. Worship. Oh. <laughs> I, I can do that all day. Like I, I sometimes just want to say, you know what, I... I quit. Let's just worship the rest of our lives. <laughs> um, all right, some announcements. There's cards in the back. If you are new or haven't filled one out, please fill one out and put your phone number on it. We also we have a WhatsApp group. It's this app that you can, we kind of have just a family church and we just, you can mute notifications or you can be involved or whatever you want to do it's it's your choice and so if you put your phone number I will try to get you on there for those of you who have filled out one of these and have not heard from us it's because we haven't contacted anyone from them. <laughs> but someday <laughs> we love you we love you all and um, yeah also in the back there's there's a box for tithes and offerings and envelopes. Um, also here, we do, we do communion every week. Um, it's, it's in the back. You can take it during worship. You can take it during announcements. If my sermon sucks, you could just go back there and eat bread and drink the wine. <laughs> There's no offense here. <laughs> it's just grape juice, so don't get too excited. <laughs> Um, what else? Refugee stuff. So last time before I left, I told you how we had that door shut on us. Um, we got kicked out of a church for preaching the gospel, which is awesome. Um, but a door opened at actually a government facility. And so they want us and, and, and they've given us, um, Forms and they've told us how to make this happen, but they said, please come and minister to the refugees and worship with them. So, so we got kicked out of a church for worshiping and preaching the gospel, and we got welcomed into a government facility to do the same. So I, I'm making this decision right now. So I, whoever wants to be involved in that, I want to meet here maybe Thursday, well, let's just do Thursday at 12 at, at lunch, and I will have the forms. If you can't make it, let me know, and I'll get you the information, but I need to work out a couple more kinks um, in that uh, because it is going to be glorious. Also, um, Sean Boltz is going to be at New Life City in Albuquerque on Friday. Um, it's a one-night event, and he's definitely worth the drive. Uh, tickets are 30 bucks, And you can go on New Life City's webpage um, and get to it from there. Go to events, probably. Or you can go to just search Sean Boltz, and you can, you can do it there. But there's still some tickets available, yeah? Yeah. 
We've been trying to get uh, Sean in Albuquerque for years. And this is not really necessarily one of our events. They just called us and said, can we use your building? Yeah. So you have to go through them, uh, essentially, and you have to get tickets. Um, but we've been trying to get a hold of them for a long time. Usually you have to fly up to Voice of the Apostles and uh, Global and get a hotel room and all that jazz. But we're pretty excited that he's coming to us. Yeah, so, so we'll be there. I almost didn't go. Everyone's like, are you going to go, Daniel? I'm like, no. Last time I went to Albuquerque to hear a prophet, I ended up with the church. <laughs> I know. I've, I've had my share of prophets for a little while, but um, I'm going to go. Um, I think other people are going to go. So there's that. Also, Dwell has some swag. We have, we don't, we don't quite have them. We, we, we put in an order and we got the minimal amount. But if you want a shirt, we also have women cut shirts. Um, if someone, if one of my friends, someone, will just make like take one of those cards and flip it upside down. Just put your name and what you want in size. Um, I think the nice, these nice shirts, they're going to go for 15 and the hats 20. Um, we are going to get a cheaper shirt too, but these are good quality stuff. So if you're interested, um, just put your name back there. You don't have to give any money right now. We'll just, I just, I didn't want to order a bunch of shirts and not know how many sizes and stuff like that. Look at that. That's what people do at conferences. I kind of feel cool, right? <laughs> um, What am I missing? There'll be church on the street this Friday. The missionary mobile finally got fixed, and we get to pick it up uh, maybe tomorrow. So that's exciting. Um, is that it? All right. I don't know where to start. God is... God is God has been speaking to me so much. If any of you know me, like I'm like, I'm like a rabbit. I'm constantly going, constantly going, constantly going. And then we ended up in the sticks of Canada and he was like, stop and do nothing. But, but God really spoke to me in that time. And, and, and he always speaks to me. And, and the message that I have today and the one that I have that's going to follow this one up is something that um, is not new. So if, if you've been to my house and when we were meeting my house, like this, this message today is not that much different than what you've probably heard before. But it's important. Um, when I went to, when we were in Canada, I started reading this book. <laughs> this book is crazy. It's called uh, 2,000 Years of charismatic and Pentecostal history. So it goes all the way back 2,000 years ago, and it talks about every single crazy revival pouring of the Spirit to date. And I think I, went, I got through the book in like four days. Like I, I understanding, understanding how much more of God there is, is, is something that just makes me hungry. Like, I was so hungry 
You know, I, I look at our group and I say, right, we have a group full of faith and we see crazy miracles every single day. God is definitely moving. Like, I, I have no doubt, okay? I have no doubt that, that, that this group, that God is doing something special with. But there's so much more. <laughs> I mean, there, there's, there's so much more, and, and I want it all. Like, I'm, I'm that kid in a, in a toy store when the mom says, pick one thing out, and I'm like, I want this, and I want this, and I want this, and I want this. And, and God's really been speaking to me. You know, he's really, so I just started praying. Like, God, I want, I want, like, not just, I want, like, a pouring out of your spirit, like Pentecost. Like, I want that type of experience. I need that type of experience. Like, God, I need it. And, and he was, he's really been showing me that, that, we, we, we all, like, we've all been touched by the Spirit. I think most of us have been touched by the Spirit. If you haven't, then come up afterwards and we're going to pray for you, okay? But, but there's, there's a deeper level, right? There's, there's a deeper level. There was, I don't even, uh, okay, so I had a dream. <laughs> I had a dream two nights ago. And, and I don't dream. Like, I, I don't, when I, when I dream, I, I pay serious attention to it because it's very rare that I dream. Like, I think the, the last dream that I could remember was probably like four months ago. And so I've been praying for this type of outpouring, Right? And this was Friday night, and I, in my dream, it was, it was, I was dreaming of today, okay? So, so I was dreaming as if I showed up today, and, sorry, Jerome, but the mics weren't working. Like, nothing was working. Everything was off. But even, like, we, we barely started worshiping. Like, I think Jayla, like, said, like, five words, and she's just out in the spirit, Right? And then the people just started coming up, and they were just falling over. And, and I'm standing here, like, trying to get my mic to work. <laughs> and I'm looking, and I'm like, I see it, and I go, this is beautiful. But everyone was out. Everyone was out in the spirit. And, and as I'm looking, I go, this is what I want. But then something fell off to me. And I don't know how to explain this, but, but something... Something didn't seem quite right. Sarah's giving me this look. Like, <laughs> you know that look that your, your spouse gives you every once in a while and you, you're not quite sure what it is? That's what my wife's doing right now. But she's heard this story. Um, but something didn't feel right. And so I, I woke up. I woke up and immediately I go, God, what was that? Like, what? What is going on? Why did, that's what I've been praying for all week. And he says, I'm preparing you guys. I'm preparing you for something. I am, I am, I am preparing you for something. And it's more than just an outpouring. He goes, I was with, I was with the disciples for 40 days before the Spirit poured out and before Pentecost. 
and he was teaching them. He was teaching them. And, and, and in this book, see, this sounds bad because I, I am still praying for this. And I, and I want to talk, talk a little bit about that. But in this book, I notice a trend in almost all of the pouring out of the Spirit. I feel like God is setting us up for it. And I know every church out there says that, but look, the things that we have said that we're going to be intentional about in this place, in this family, are the things that these revivals held true. Now, I didn't read this book and then go, we need to be intentional about this because I want this. We are already being intentional about it, and I started seeing a trend in all these revivals that had the same intentions. These were people that were hungry for God. These are people that might have been going to other churches, and they go, there's got to be more than this. Right? Because, because there was always a trend. Like, they, they would, there would be a revival, and, and the Spirit would pour out, and people were speaking in tongues and laying on the floor. And then, and then it got structured, and it got religious. Luther, Martin Luther had a crazy experience. A crazy pouring out of the Spirit. But then it got religious. And I'm not trying to bag on anyone. I'm just saying, you, I look at people like D.L. Moody, who you read about, and you're like, holy cow, this guy was a Spirit-filled man. This guy, this guy was going after it. And I go to Moody Bible College, and I deal with the very opposite. <laughs> All these men, like people that, that, that you look at in denominations that formed. But see, we've, we've, God has put it on our heart to be intentional about going after him and not structure. About going after him and not making rules. So I, I'm reading this and I'm like, my God, you are setting us up. Like, we're set up for something. But I, feel, I feel this dream showed me because I was praying for it, and I almost didn't... See, I'm not even to the message yet. <laughs> but but I, I almost was like, you know what? I'm just going to go and preach revival. I'm going to scrap this. But I think the dream was Daniel No, Like, there is, a, there is a part of learning and teaching. And... and in this sermon, we're going to talk about some things. Some things that, 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 that very, very simple, but kind of not. Very easy to say, but a little bit different to live out. Hmm. So, I go to this group on Wednesday mornings called Old Man Bible Study. And it's with a different church, and it's just something I've been going to for a long time. And there's this 92-year-old man, this great guy, this amazing man. You would not guess he's 92. Like, he's, he golfs every week. 
and he's active. But he said something. He said, I don't know what God's plan is for my life. And, and he said it kind of half-joking because he's 92 years old, right? But I thought to myself, oh, my God. He really doesn't know. Like, he really, he loves the Lord, and he's been faithful, and he's probably gone to church every single Sunday of his 92 years of, of life. But he doesn't know what he's called to do. God, God gave us a calling. He, and it hasn't changed. Like this is sometimes that, something that I think that we miss a lot is we, we tend to focus on the New Testament, right? But today what I want to do is I'm going to go all the way back. We're going to go back to Genesis. We're going to do one of my, my favorite biblical theology thing, Genesis to Revelations. I actually, I cut out the Revelations verse to save a minute. But I want to show you that our calling has not changed and who we are. These are the four things we need to know is, one, who God is, right? And we talk about that a lot, right? And, and I think that we pound it in our heads, like, and, and we need to. But sometimes I don't think we talk about who we are. We need to know who we are. We need to know who, what we're called to do. Let me put it this way. We need to know what our blessing is. Because what we're called to do is also our blessing. And we need to know by what authority we have. So Genesis. God created mankind in his image. And so there, I'm going to talk a lot about man, 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 but I'm also talking about women, okay? It's, it's one thing, so please don't get offended. <laughs> it's just the way it is in the Bible. Um, God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves in the ground. That's our purpose. God created man and women in his image. And he, it's a good word for it, he delegated his authority, because he is sovereign and he's in charge of everything else, right? But he delegates his authority and has, tells Adam to rule over the rest of his creation. He tells Adam to be fruitful and subdue the earth. Multiply, right? And, and he's talking about a, a physical multiplication at this point. Right? And it's something that we need to, to be aware of. Because there is a shift. He made man in his image, and he asked man, he commanded them, he blessed them. It says it's a blessing. He, God 
blessed them and said, Be fruitful and subdue the earth, and rule over all other living creatures. So, so man's, man is to be fruitful and fill the earth, and man is to subdue and rule. It's a blessing, but it's also a command. Right? Fill the earth and rule over creation. So then there was the fall, and I hear people say, well, well when there was the fall... When they ate from the, the tree, that changed things. But it didn't. Because God gave Noah the same, the same command. Then God blessed. Say blessed. Blessed, blessed is good. <laughs> okay? God blessed Noah and his sons, saying to them, Be fruitful and increase in number and fill the earth. Everything that lives and moves about will be food for you. Just as I gave you the green plants, I will give you everything. Noah's blessing is the same as Adam's. It's a twofold blessing, but it's also a twofold command. Are you guys following me? Then we get to the Father of Fathers. Abraham, right? He tells Abraham, then I will make my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Then he says, I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations, multitudes of nations in the ESV of you and kings will come from you. It's the same blessing, right? It's the same thing. It's, God, God's purpose is to, is to what? To fill the earth with his people. And, and for man and women to rule over all creation. This was God's covenant with Abraham. And then in Genesis 17:7. The covenant extends to Abraham's offspring. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you. It's the same, right? Right, we're, we're, we're following a pattern. God blesses man. Man messes up. God blesses man again. And on and on and on. So let's get to the New Testament. So we need to understand how this Abrahamic covenant is fulfilled. Right? God made, made this covenant with Abraham. So to be before Jesus, to be under the covenant, covenant you had to be born a Jew... You could be under the covenant if you were physically circumcised, but that also came with a lot of other rules, right? It wasn't, it wasn't just about being circumcised. It was, it was, about, it was about following the law and, and many other things. And even if you, if you really do your, your research, some Jews were okay with it, but many were not, right? If you weren't born a Jew, most Jews just felt you were dirt, okay? 
But there was a way. But Jesus served as the link to the Gentiles. He served as a link to the Gentiles and Abraham's physical offspring. See, we, we hear Apostle Paul talk a lot about being grafted in. And understanding this covenant that, that God made with Abraham helps us understand a little bit more what that means. Like, it just doesn't mean that we're part of the family, but, but we're actually part of the covenant that he has with him. What was the covenant? What was the blessing? Multiply and be fruitful, right? And subdue the earth. When we accept Jesus in our hearts by faith, we are grafted in. We become part of the family. We, 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 we've been adopted. We become co-heirs. Huh, Michael? We're part of Abraham's family tree. So Romans 4, 16. Therefore, the promise comes by faith, so that it may be by grace, it may be guaranteed to all Adam's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have faith of the faith of Abraham. He is the father of us all. So, so this, in the beginning, God tells Adam, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth, ruling over all creation, right? And he was talking about a physical multiplication. But right here, it changes. With Jesus, it changes. It doesn't come, it's no longer a physical multiplication because remember, it's God, God had commanded them to multiply to make more of God's people. But through Jesus, now it's by faith. So now, now it has switched. Do you, do you guys catch that? Therefore, the promise comes by faith. So by faith, now we're called to multiply. Sounds kind of familiar, right? What, what was physical multiplication now becomes by faith. And along with that covenant, we are called to subdue the earth. We're called to rule over the earth. Amen. Now, that, that's crazy, right? Like, we're called to rule over all other creation. No one preaches this type of stuff. But it's right here. It's right there. But, but we need to know what it looks like to rule, right? Because, because sometimes you talk to some people and it looks very different, right? And so I want to go right to, to Ezekiel 
Because it, it opens up so much for me. It's, it's God in his anger against Israel's kings. Okay, he says this. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick or bound up the injured. You have not brought back the strays or searched for the lost. You have ruled them harshly and brutally. See, our ideal rule is very different than, than God's. Right? And, I, and I'll tell you because, because I know a king. I know a king of all kings. Right? And we saw how he ruled because he came to earth and he ruled. He established his kingdom. Right? I, I gotta. You have not strengthened the weak or healed the sick. That's what it's about being ruling. It's about strengthening the weak and healing the sick. So let's just turn this around. Go and strengthen the weak and heal the sick and bound up the, bound up the injured. Bring back the strays and search for the lost. You have ruled greatly. <laughs> That's different than what... what the fleshy type of rule is. Right? And Jesus demonstrated it. Psalm 8, 5 through 8. You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wind, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim the paths of the seas. Kingly, kingly status expects to being devoted to the welfare of our subjects. Right? It's about stewardship. It's about upholding defined principles. Jesus demonstrated this in his kind of rule. See, I'm going to go on a tangent, but it's okay, because I want to. So many times I hear this. If it's God's will that you get healed, you'll get healed. And, oh, I want to pull out my hair. Because sometimes I pray for people and people don't get healed, but I don't think it's God's will. I know what God's will is. God's will is to restore the Garden of Eden. God's will is to have no more sickness because it's in the end of the Bible. It's in the end. There's no more sickness. So it's not God's will. You see, we have authority on earth. And it's, it's a different type of authority than what you might expect, but we have authority. We even have authority over the devil. That's why when we say something, command something in Jesus' name, Things happen. Okay. Then Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the end of the age. 
kind of sounds like the same command, right, from Adam? Making disciples of all nations. It's no longer a physical command. I mean, I guess it could be too, but I'm not stopping any of that or talking about it. But, but it, it's by faith, right? We're called to go share the good news. We're called to make disciples of nations. That is our job. Our job is to rule over the earth and make disciples of nations. So when, when something bad happens, don't say, why God? <laughs> you hear, we hear of a school shooting and people go, why God? It's our job. It wasn't his will. We're called to find the lost. Actually, we've, we're commanded to. Right? If the kid that shot up the school knew Jesus, would he have shot up the school? Whose job is it to tell them? That's what it looks like by ruling over. That's what it looks like by subduing the earth. That's what it looks like by multiplying. Do you understand this? It's so much more than just believing in Jesus. Lots of people believe in Jesus, but they don't follow him. We're saved by faith. We multiply by faith. And I've said this before. Abraham didn't, wasn't credited as righteous because he believed in God. He believed in God's promises. And some of the stuff we're talking about today is God's promises. Some of you might be looking at me going, Daniel, I don't feel like I rule over anything. But God promises us. He's blessing. That's our blessing. So it's something we need to start going after. See, in my dream, God showed me, what's the point of pouring out my spirit on you if you don't know what your job is? Remember, he spent 40 days with his disciples after the resurrection teaching them. So what's the message? Matthew 10, 7 through 8. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received and freely you give. See, I'm not here telling you that you must do all these things to be saved. I'm here telling you that if, 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 if you know who you are and you know who he is, your desire is going to be to do these things. We can't work our way into righteousness. I briefly heard his sermon last week. We can't. 
But when, we're, when we become righteous, it changes who we are. Romans 10.9. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that, G, uh, that he was risen from the dead, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's a two-part thing. It's not just about declaring that he is Lord. It's about believing in your heart. And when you believe something in your heart, it looks like something. This is the gospel. Healing the sick is part of the gospel. It's part of our authority. It's part of what he's called us to do. If we're to rule over the earth, we read in Ezekiel, part of it, we're to heal the sick. Driving out demons. It's part of, but, but we need to know what our authority is. We need to know that we have that authority. Right? Because if we don't know, then the enemy is going to always attack it. If we don't know what our authority is and who we are and what we're called to do, then we have a stronghold for the enemy to say, what are you doing? Right? So we have the same authority as Abraham and Noah. Same authority as Adam. But now we're equipped with the Holy Spirit. Now it's so much more. See, before Pentecost, Jesus' disciples were already working in signs and wonders. Right? They were there, and we, they were working under the same authority as everyone else in, in the Old Testament, but Jesus was showing them who they were. But after Pentecost, when God was living inside of them, it was so much more. We're called to heal the sick and raise the dead. We're called to strengthen the weak. This is not something we have to do. This is something we get to do. And, and we have the weight of the world telling us, you can't do it. Right? I want to read Matthew 8, 23 through 26. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We've, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. See, this, this, one, this, this, this story didn't really make sense to me. Because I'm like, we pray all the time, like, God, will you do this? God, will you do that? God, will you... Will you calm this storm. And what does Jesus do? He rebukes them. See, this, this right here changed the way I prayed for people. Those of you that have done ministry with me, you, you hear me, and I, I'm commanding out stuff in Jesus' name. 
right? I don't, I, I personally, and I hear people do it differently and I'm not telling you how to do it. But because of this, I changed the way I prayed. Because Jesus rebuked them for waking him up. Right? Because they could have done it. Because we've been given authority over the earth. And it's time for us to step into that. Because I believe that there's going to be a pouring out in this room. I, I truly believe it. I'm not saying it just because it's, it's our church, but, but he's setting us up for something. But what happened with the disciples? Okay, I want to, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, just the disciples after Jesus was crucified, right? They went into hiding. We know on the day of Pentecost that 120 of them were in a room hiding. They were afraid of their lives. They weren't preaching any gospel. They weren't doing anything. They were, they, were, they were hiding for their lives. When Pentecost hit, when, when the Spirit poured out on them, you know, the winds and, and the tongues of fire and the, the speaking in tongues, when that happened, what happened? They changed, right? They became bold. They started proclaiming the gospel boldly. They went from hiding to going to the ends of the earth. They didn't care. There was no more fear. They didn't care about persecution or death because they were filled with the Spirit and they went. And, and going looks different to different people. It could be like Jacob going to Mexico City who I heard from today and he's doing amazing and God is doing miracles through him. So it's awesome that, that we're already hearing and getting updates. It could be just going to your neighbor. But we're called to do something. See, this is a message that's really dear to my heart because I, I'm an evangelist at heart, right? And I've been kind of suppressing it. <laughs> but we're all called to do it. And I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to shut that as a sign that it's almost done. Is it's fun. As much as you hear in your head that this is work and it's hard and this person's going to be offended and on and on and all those things, I still hear it, right? I'm going to look stupid, on and on and on. That's not God. I'm here telling you this. It's not God. It's, it's something different than God keeping you from doing what you're called to do. But when you do it and you realize that God will use you, it changes your life. I'm addicted to that feeling. <laughs> I'm addicted to that feeling. Because it's a commandment but really, it's our blessing.
It is our blessing, and we let the enemy steal it from you. Look, I've told thousands of people about Jesus. And honestly, I think the only people that have ever been offended are Christians. Because people see your heart. Now, I'm not saying, like, take a, believe in this or you're going to hell. That's not the, that's not the message. You might offend some people. There was a guy here after the parade. He was doing that, and I was offended. I was like, whoa. I... <laughs> Man, there's so much more, and I want to go after it, and I want to be intentional about it. I want to know who we are and what we're called to do, though. But I want to start pressing in as a group. Because I think the hunger in this group is incredible. And God has brought us all together for a reason. I know it. And so what I'm asking you today is to be with me. That we be together and we go after more of God. And we say, God, we want it all. We want to be slain in the spirit. We want that Pentecost moment. I have to have it. <laughs> I have to. Because there's so much more. I don't want to be a 92-year-old man saying, I wonder what God has called me to do. <laughs> so let me close in prayer. Um, I had a couple words of knowledge, so I'll speak those after that. And then we can do some ministry time. Jesus, I thank you. I thank you that there's so much more. I thank you that we can go from glory to glory. I thank you that, that there will always be more. But God, I need it all. <laughs> We need it all. I'm asking you to use this group of people, use this church, use this family, and just pour out your spirit. Change us forever. Change, change the whole direction of our lives. Change our, change our dreams, change our visions, change our goals. Take everything that's not of you away. God, I need you. I need you to pour out on us. Fill us with your spirit. Bring us closer to you. Let us show the world who you really are. Let us show the world who you really are, God. I have to. I thank you. I thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. You're so beautiful. I pray this in your mighty name.